the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a job for me, so everybody... Happy Paul Lisnick Day. Squirrel is off on Paul Lisnick Day. Nick Pat is in the house. You know it's Paul Lisnick Day, right? You know what it is? You don't know what I'm talking about? What are you crazy? You know you're you've been out of the news here, Macbeth. Can you make it so when I hit the clips they play? Thank you. His hands are a little bigger than Squirrel's and a little slower. What? What? Yeah. What, what? what is this? You, you get what? your own That's, day. Uh, what did you do? <laughs> I think it's being with you. I also have put in for both of you vacation days on that day. So June 19th. Well, what gonna, do they do? Is there a parade or something? I'm or? hoping. I'm Bozo supposed to do a little something. No, I think it's just it's just <laughs> just an honor sort of. A, you know, I do a lot philanthropically and all yeah. that. And-, and you're a moron. And you kiss the ass of the Democrat mafia. And you and reporters like you are why it's normal to have 60 people shot. By the way, I won the over. I know. Very hostile on Paul Isnick Day, going into Father's Day weekend in the Chicago land area. Once great city, now a ghetto. That's without, I believe, the 20 people shot at the celebration for Paul Isnick Day as well. Um, that really didn't look like much of a celebration if you were there. So I land into O'Hare Airport at 1030 on Saturday night, and it smells just like the urinal I remember. And I'm walking through the airport, and it's filthy and disgraceful. And uh, I get back to the residence here in uh, Illinois that I bought for somebody else, mainly the mafia themselves, and fired up with Flannery is on. Couldn't believe it. Haven't seen it in a long time. I thought that big dummy retired, but apparently he's about to retire. And he wanted to propagandize just like Paul Lisnick. So it won't be soon. I mean, it won't be long, and we're going to get a fired up with Flannery national holiday. Hopefully this one will be as much fun as Paul Lisnick day is. Let's get fired up. He is the 43rd governor of Illinois, and J.B. Pritzker grew up in the San Francisco Bay. Is it J.B. Pritzker or J.B.? Did, did we change it? It's either Great Big or Jelly Belly. Either one. Just just point to the fat guy who inspired the Tonka toilet seat. Bay Area in the heart of what is now called Silicon Valley. He wants Chicago to host the next generation of tech. You know, did you know he grew up in uh, Silicon Valley? I, I did not know that. I know he's got a brother that doesn't look anything like the rest of the Pritzker gene pool. Nothing like him. He's like the Prince Henry of the Pritzker clan. Clearly the product of a trampy mother and a security guard. However, he is still in Silicon Valley, and he is the brains behind the Pritzker fortune. He's the one that made Dumpy here more money on his trust fund. See, Dumpy never made a dollar in his life. And after you hear this, you'll know why. If you dive headlong into biotech and into quantum. Those are two fast-growing industries. We ought to be at the center of them. How about 
about a new Slim Fast? Why don't you become the new spokesman for Slim Fast and you get your big ass on a diet? I hate taking advice from fat people. He's also talking to Ford Motor Company about the future of the city of Chicago's largest factory, Ford's Southside Assembly Plant at 126th and Torrance, with nearly 6,000 well-paid workers. But, oh, but, 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 but they do something bad. They make an engine, a real engine that works, not that electric phony baloney nonsense that enriches the Chinese Communist Party. But this is the one that employs Americans for Americans by Americans. And the Democrat mafia has a problem with it. They're in a century old site that may not be big enough to produce electric powered vehicles. Oh, shucks. That is producing internal combustion engine vehicles right now. We should be worried about it. Now, this slob of a human being is promoting electric vehicles, which the producers of those vehicles tell you do not park in your garage because they blow up. And this idiot is saying that the combustion engine that built the country, that forever changed the trajectory of our nation, made us the most prosperous, successful people in the world, not to mention the most mobile. That's the problem. Maybe it explains why he can't, he's not that smart. Can't read the back of a calorie on anything he eats. There's a lot to talk about before I retire in a few weeks. Let's start with the governor's relationship with Chicago's new mayor, Brandon Johnson. Let's get fired up. All right, so let's get fired up. 60 people shot and no one's going to say Jack. Because ironically, if you go back two years ago, we had 104 people shot. So the way a Democrat thinks, we have a 30% improvement. Don't you worry about those 60 shot. After all, that's what's expected. The kind of level of failure. But see, decent people, those people who make the world go around, business, business people, are starting to get the hell out of anywhere Democrats are. You know, what I find so impressive about the new mayor is he's a listener. He isn't stuck in some ideological rut. Now, in case you haven't picked up on it, these failures that have never succeeded at any policy they've ever sold the American people, every single one for 100 years, It's called opposite speech. You saw it on Seinfeld when George Costanza acted like a man. This is what they do. They tell you the opposite of everything that is true. Because what you have in office is a larger version of Lori Lightfoot, a Marxist moron who's clearly more crooked than Grand Avenue. Or with only one idea and, you know, cuts out everybody else. So that is what some of the in the business community fear. I think before he got elected, that's what many people feared. I think what we've seen, though, is he's picking good staff. He's listening and maybe. So you know what this rumor is? This is a rumor that I've heard myself that he picked a quasi conservative, I don't know, assistant lap boy, whatever they're called. And he is supposed to be a ex-Chicago policeman who's conservative and he's going to fix it. It means guts on ghoul, as you saw 60 this weekend. And believe me, it's just stretching its legs. Not to mention, anybody that stays there will buffer the costs of all the others leaving. That's the way the real world works. So this Soviet five-year plan bulldung, It's not going to amount to anything except good people being overtaxed and having the services they pay those taxes for disappear before their eyes. He changing a little bit the way he views how we build up the economy in Chicago, uh, what we need to do to build the future of Chicago. Let me help this other rumor. See, the rumor is that he's going to listen to this fat, useless, corrupt Democrat, and he's not going to levy a transaction tax on the Merck. That's only a rumor started to keep people calm and keep people complacent. 
He will, in fact, tax. He has to because they're losing money like the city was on fire from O'Leary's cow. And public safety. I think he's listening. And I'm very hopeful because he's doing all of that. Look, I think all of us. Now, is this going to be called hope and change or is this hope and shame? Because Pritzker and his family has been at the root of every financial scandal this city's had for a hundred years. And I don't just mean the sister with the scamming of the people in the ghetto and the banks. Shh, don't talk about that. Someone might pull their head out of their ass. We come into office, you run a tough campaign, you know, you pick some lanes that you're running down so that you can get elected. And uh, and then you get in office and, and you know what else is I find offensive? He didn't win anything. He bought votes. J.B. Pritzker and the Democrats buy votes. That's why we're paying 130000 for food stamps. That's why Section 8 has expanded immensely since Barack, he likes big butts and he cannot lie, Obama, was able to capture the White House. Not the way Joe Biden did where Joe Biden cheated. Uh, Obama actually won. And they want you to believe this, dimwit in diapers, had 16 million more votes than he did. However... What happens is they massively expand the welfare state. That's why what you saw in unincorporated Burr Ridge, that's a result of Section 8 housing. Ta-da! They're not celebrating. They're expanding the gangland control. You still believe in those things, but you're, you know, a little bit shaped by the circumstances that you're walking into. And certainly Chicago has a bunch of challenges, situations that a new. First of all, what exact soap do I use to get clean? Because I've taken 17 showers, 42 different soaps, and I still feel dirty from Democrat corruption and failure. Who mayor needs to handle. You mentioned public safety. Yeah. Um, what is there any glimmer on the horizon that, that you see? Hey, Flannery, instead of. These softball questions asked to a failure. Why don't you ask about the 17 people this weekend who were either shot, raped, or robbed by somebody let out of prison a week ago? Can you ask that question, dummy, before you retire? Uh, we, we had we, this past weekend was kind of chilly, so we had less violence. But the two previous weekends, one of them, we had the bloodiest Memorial Day in eight years. To be expected. But do you realize how insulting it is when reporters talking to politicians Say we need cold weather because it's safer. Do you understand what an insult that is to the character of the citizens? Or are you just one of those citizens and you can't be insulted, but you can be bought for a Section 8 housing voucher? Yes, although, I mean, and it's terrible to anybody getting shot and killed. It's awful. But it's better when it's cold outside. But remember that actually there were a lower number of shootings, um, a higher number of murders. But out of those shootings came that higher number of murders. What? Say that again. Hey, Fetzo, is that how you go home and tell your dietitian, I ate a cream puff, but I ate less than I ate three years ago. It had a lower amount of powdered sugar on it. I don't know. I think it was good for me. That's basically what he said, this slob. It's the shootings number that I think that many people ought to be paying more attention to. You see that trending down. Mildly. It has trended down from, you know. So I, I think I figured this out. We could stop this overnight. Really. No more guns for Democrats. Any registered Democrat. Any fruit of the loins of a registered Democrat. Anybody on welfare. No more guns. Because you people are shooting up everything. A year or two ago. But it's been mildly moving in the right direction. Again, I don't think there's evidence like, you know, it's heading down to, you know, 400 or less murders a year and, you know, and, and half the shootings. I do think, though, that there's more emphasis on prevent 17 victims of crime in two days from people who were released from prison less than eight days ago. That 
is the problem. The gangs are unfettered. The drugs are have absolute supply chain flow. There is no jam up. They are taking over the city and they are doing it with the cover of the government. ...than there ever has been before with the new mayor. And I'm grateful for that. I think that, you know, lifting up communities that have been poor and left out is the best way. For- I wonder if it matters when you get shot, if you have a lot of money in your checking account or no money in your checking account. Because this is the standards that the true racists among you want you to believe. There are two different standards for people of certain income levels of certain races. This is what racism sounds like. Not somebody characterizing failure. For us to make a, a, an enormous difference going forward at lowering our crime rates. So what do you think is going to work in the short term? So How- I want you to think about the 60 people that were shot. And all of the family that love those people, all of the mothers and fathers, all of the brothers and sisters, all of the kids. And what they're telling you is there's an improvement and you should be complacent with that. This is an unmitigated, absolute and total failure. And there is no change in sight because the people who can change the trajectory, who can protect you, they're telling you they're doing a good job. This is what it's like when Democrats are in control of anything. There is no admission of failure ever, even when 60 people are shot. This is a fraud on the, on the people who pay them. 312-642-5600. Make money, smoke cigars, and live free on The Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. You know, even Macbeth knows from our old days, I rarely focus on Chicago. Because to me, any any citizen that is willing to vote for the mafia for 100 years, you kind of get what you deserve. But as you see the mayhem, as you see the chaos, as you see the people crying, it's never going to matter in a Democrat-run, corrupt, mafia area. It doesn't matter. They're going to come out the next day and tell you, it's not as bad as it could be. That's how communism sounds. That's the, the bar of success of a corrupt government. They're not interested in protecting the good people. They're interested in making everything complacent because it's the bad people, ironically, that really grease the wheels. Don't buy a word of this nonsense. To hear J.B. Pritzker is an absolute outrage. And instead of being questioned or even asked to think about what he's saying, he was fluffed. We, how do we stop next weekend yeah. and the weekend after that? A couple of things. One is we've got to hire police. There's no doubt about it, right? I mean, the Chicago Police Department has lost hundreds. I mean, 15. Why, why, why did they lose them? Because when they prosecute, when they bring somebody in, when they arrest, when they work, you prosecute the cops, you moron. 100 police officers. Some of that is a result, and we saw that at the state level. Some of that is a result, and we saw that at the state level. Some of that is a result of there was a big hiring trend 20 years ago, and now it's time for them to retire. See, it's normal. It's the ebb and flow of life itself. By the way, did he repeat himself? Is that a Tourette's, or was that a bad clip from Fox? I think it was a little Tourette's. There's side effects to eating all that much cheese and cream and sugar. And so you lose some people, right, because they're retiring. And then, as you know, we have a labor shortage in the country, let alone here. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Then why so many people unemployed? I mean, Chicago, especially among black people, who apparently all these policies are helping, 
It is the highest in the country. Why is there a shortage problem? Every word that comes out of their mouth is a lie. And everything that passes through it is fattening. Robert Bloomingdale. Sean, you know, you got uh, uh, pro-immigrant states. You got uh, pro-abortion state. Gas prices going up. And Humpty Dumpty can't even support our police. Come on. We got to get rid of this guy. I want to correct you on one thing. Every every state in the country is pro-immigrant. This is pro-illegal alien. There's a there's a big difference, a valley of a difference. John Garfield Ridge. Hey, Sean, how you doing, my friend? Good. How are you? I'm doing good. You know, uh, sixty shot over the weekend again. You know, here's what Brandon Johnson, every other scumbag, Democrat, Marxist, uh, they're either too stupid to understand, or they're they're too cowardly to call it out publicly. You know, he blames everything on a lack of investment. But if you're a community, Sean, if you want investment in that community, you want jobs to come there, you want businesses to come there, you have to earn it. Investment is something that is earned. It's not charity. uh, It's not a lottery. You know, you see, but here's the difference, John. Among the economic illiterate, there isn't a difference between government pouring money in and private people putting money in. There is no difference. See, this is the the illiteracy that is being capitalized on. This is why a city that spends $30,000 a pupil, and you have an 8% that can read in grade level, if if it's a good school, you get 15, and there isn't an outrage among the people. Why is that? Because the people have been stupefied into complacency of government supremacy. See, this is the real racism. And it comes in all forms of speakers, regardless of their race. They're racist. Listen to J.B. Pritzker telling people who live in communities where it's normal to have 60 people shot on a weekend. Listen to how he tells you, just shut up and take it. People don't want to be cops anywhere in the country. And I would say there aren't enough people applying for any job. So the idea that you can build up the kind of force that you want in that environment. is The highest black unemployment. The highest amount of citizens in a city on welfare. Arguably, there's three others that tie all Democrat run. And the problem is there's just not enough people that want to work. That's not the problem. Problem is there's too many that are paid never to work. Steve Arlington Heights. How you doing, Sean? Happy Monday. Glad you're back in town. Hey, uh, happy Paul Lisnick Day. Go ahead. Pritzker said that... Uh, they have an improvement that the actual shootings have gone down, even though murders have gone up. So I guess the improvement is people are learning how to aim better. No, well, here's the improvement, Steve. If you go back to, to two years ago, there were 104 shot on the same weekend. That's a 30% improvement. Come on, we could all talk like failures with the arrogance of success. Just think like a Democrat and position yourself as a carny. And everybody else is just a pigeon. And you need them to step on that scale. You already know what they weigh because they're standing on a mat that tells you. Shirley in Willowbrook. Hi, Sean. This is Shirley. Let me tell you, all hell broke loose here Sunday morning. I heard ambulances, fire trucks coming from everywhere. Yeah. Oh, that's now, a municipal services. At least they get to stretch their legs during one of those chaoses. This is something you that know what? you know this. You live in the area. How many times does the train get robbed on a weekly basis there and nobody gets a report on it? How many times? Because I have a dear friend of mine who lives right there, Shirley, 
Dear friend of mine, spent a lot of money. Burr Ridge lives right there. And every fracking day, the train is robbed by the same street gangs, and nobody does jack. And now we're going to paint this as a celebration. It was just a celebration gone awry. I got a dollar to a donut says that 80% of the people there had no idea what today was, and they're celebrating Paul Lisnick Day like me. 312-642-5600. He will never negotiate his constitutional rights with the government. Live free or die on The Sean Thompson Show. On AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. Nice. This Anthony Blinken. Did you ever look at his resume? McBath, do you ever see what he does? All he ever did his entire life was kiss Joe Biden's ass. That's it. Now he's, uh, we're putting our relationship back together with China. This idiot doesn't know what he's supposed to do except pay his pimps. See, China, we now know that China has directly paid through liaisons and the crack-smoking sister-in-law banging son of the president well over $30 million that we know about. We know. Not to mention the billion and a half, the other investments, the corporations, all the rest of it. And now we bend knee to China and nobody reports to Anthony Blinken. He's the next Kissinger, who, by the way, he sucked too. Kira, Indiana. Hey, Sean. Uh, you know the federal government is closed today due to Juneteenth. But as a federal employee, I chose to work, so I am working. But I did take off uh, the 3rd and 4th of July. But I did see a woman with a T-shirt that had July 4th crossed out and some junk about Juneteenth. But when I see something like that, I remember the stories of my my people coming over here to a free country from Russia. My great uncle shot in the back at 16 for not joining the Bolshevik army. Mm-hmm. But yet they came here. For their freedom and people wear t-shirts like that but i walked out it was too short notice but next year we're going to have on my shirt the sean thompson show paul lisnick day june 19th everybody take a holiday because i did i didn't realize banks were closed <laughs> i got a million things to do the bank yeah. is closed what the hell is going on celebrating people didn't hear things for two years i had an aunt who never heard that my uncle knocked up another girl in the town over i don't remember her throwing a birthday party for that kid what, are we celebrating bad news i don't understand Two years, the Emancipation Proclamation, the entire Civil War. You guys didn't hear it? I, I didn't hear about it. You fought a Civil War. I don't, I, we should, I, if anything, why not have that day off? But we're going to have this day off? Doesn't make any sense. Marcy and Elgin. Hi, Sean. I have a comment. Why don't we turn off the AC in Springfield and D.C. so that they sweat just like they want us to? Marcy, they're not there anyway. Their offices have their own little climate control system like a Cadillac Eldorado. They don't actually work. It's an illusion. Thank you very much, Marcy. Rich, Indian Head Park. Hey, Sean. How you doing? How was your Father's Day? Fantastic. How about you? Good. Good. Listen, Sean, I want to know, why isn't Flag Day a national holiday? And uh, Juneteenth is. Juneteenth is only for a certain group of people. And look what they look how they celebrated it with sixty shootings. First of all, I don't think it's 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 a pandering holiday. One hundred and fifty-six years after the supposed holiday, that is meant to establish votes rather than have people focus on the issues at hand, and it's working. Listen, if you want to have an emancipation proclamation, I think uh, we could do that. Let's January first, right? 
1863, January 1st, 1863. For the Ukrainian sympathizer, we could call it Stefan Bandera Day. I don't really care. But why do I have to adapt to this? And now I'm going once again on a story. Does anybody know the real story? It's the story of a story of a story. And now it's a holiday. But the other thing is, why do you force it to be a federal holiday? Why would you force banks and exchanges to be closed? Do you realize the trillions of dollars that are sitting on the sidelines? Now, that doesn't sound like anything to people who don't participate in the economy. But just think something simple. Think about the real estate closings that couldn't happen today because banks can't wire money. Think about the transactions. People whose houses are getting foreclosed on. They can't call the bank to negotiate. All of the things that are put off and no one gives a thought to that, it kind of really makes you think of all federal holidays in general. You know what? Let's eliminate them all. I'm sick of it. I don't want any holidays. I'm paying you to work. Get your lazy ass to work and open up the store. Simple. Anything for a day off. That's all they do. Their whole life, it's like every municipal worker you ever met in your life. Their entire day revolves around how not to work. What could we sell this day off? My grandmother's getting a colonoscopy. All right, take the day off. Bum. David and Lansing. Hey, Sean. Uh, I saw the interview with Governor um, Grimace. And, you look good um, on TV. I, was... I heard it adds 142 pounds. Go ahead. <laughs> um, he was uh, propping up Fulton Market and how all these businesses are coming in there. It's yeah. a hot area. You know, but he forgot to mention that Boeing, one of the biggest industrials, left Fulton Market. And what other companies left Chicago? I know Wrigley's. Can you name some? Uh, everyone. Everyone that isn't getting paid to stay. You see, that's how Boeing got there in the first place. I wouldn't really celebrate that. They were bribed to pretend to be there for 10 years. It was only their headquarters. It's an illusion. This is what people have to focus on. The Democrat policies are an illusion. What they really exist on is failure. Because failure is very well funded among Democrats. Just keep failing and keep selling the policies. Here, we can get one. Where's where's one with... Uh, here, here we go. You know, I've toured many sites across the country that clearly show climate change is, is a genuine, ex- is the existential threat to humanity. The existential threat to humanity. Yeah, not a president who's a traitor and is owned by the Chinese Communist Party, but climate change. I can't help but notice, if we think for just a little minute, just pretend you're a moron. Pretend you vote Democrat. It seems that climate change really affects Democrat-run areas. In fact, it seems like climate change got there and there was some sort of a catastrophe. And every Democrat-run city is like a post-apocalyptic area. It must be the climate. I think the weather's worse, it's cold, it's hot, whatever. Anything to hide the failure that is the Democrat philosophy. John in East Chicago. Hey, Sean, how you doing? Splendid, how are you? I'm doing okay, but I... I saw a flag today sticking out from the top of an automobile. <laughs> the person inside had their uh, moonroof open or sunroof oh, or whatever they call yeah. it. Moonroof. It depends. If it's and, glass, it's moon. If not, it's a sun. Go ahead. Yeah. And uh, the driver, a black female, is holding a flag, and it had a black, it looked like a female, a figurine painted on the flag. And underneath it, it said, uh, Juneteenth is my Independence Day. Okay. With an exclamation point. I like it. I'm all for that. But why do the banks get off? Why does the federal government get off? I'm all for Listen, I'm very open-minded. You want to celebrate the time your mother took your father to prom? I don't give a rip. But why do you shut down the government that we pay for? 
You see, this is how you get away with fraud. Just make people feel like they're benefited, even though they're losing. Because I I assure you, 99.9% of the people who celebrate this holiday, number one, do not understand what it did to their own life just on the financial aspect of it. And nobody wants to discuss that. Because if you make people feel like you're giving them something, believe me, they'll support even a traitor like Joe Biden or a corrupt crook, a moron failure like Pritzker. Trish in her car. Hey, Sean, um, I think that there's more it's more insidious uh, Juneteenth. It's very close in proximity to July 4th. President's Day was hij- hijacked Washington's birthday. Um, I, I, I think that they want. Oh, and the, the law that passed in Congress about Juneteenth calls it an Independence Day as well. And so. I think it's just part of the, you know, chipping away at our fiber for the Marxist. uh, What's insidious, what's insidious is the way in which it's sold to the people. For instance, Willie Ellison had a, had a massive amount of slaves. He was black who owned slaves in Texas Were the slaves that didn't hear were they owned by a former slave who happened to be black. You don't know any of this. Why were they kept from the information? How did they not know a civil war was going on? Were they unaware of the emancipation proclamation? Why are we celebrating that? rather than punishing the fact they didn't know about it or discussing it. See, you if you wrap things in a, in, a, in a package, people will pretty much open it and act like they got something, regardless of what it is. I'm more interested in the whole concept and why are not so many people who fought and died and lost family members of the opposite race, why are they all chastised as racist? Why, is, why have we devolved into this balkanized society of morons versus people who can think and read? Because I got news for you, kid. If you're not watching, the morons outnumber us. Just take a look. That's why they keep saying democracy. 312-642-5600. I was listening to the Sean Thompson show. I'm saddened that this guy supposedly represents us. I mean, I am appalled. He's just disgusting. Sexist pig. And an absolute disgrace. Thank you. AM 560, the answer. The diabolical nature of government supremacy and the manipulation of our society is the goal is balkanization because under balkanization, you can do anything you want to the other groups. That's why this particular administration is promoting this. You see, they don't really give a rip about people of color. What they need is an excuse to tax people. So they will wrap this all into reparations which really means nothing other than another venue to tax people for the government scheme because the government is broke. It's bankrupt. It's why they needed the debt ceiling. It's why they don't talk about the actual failed policies. As long as they can keep this argument going about a wrong that anybody in the community now or in the country now did not perpetrate. But yet all of a sudden, this is all the talk. And we'll give a holiday and we'll wrap everything in racism. We'll wrap everything in sexism. We'll wrap everything in misogyny. We'll wrap everything in xenophobia. We'll just keep throwing these accusations at people. And they'll never look at our books. They'll never figure out we stole the money. We don't know where it's going. They'll never figure out even in our wars across the world, there's no more investigative journalists from the country. Do you realize that? Got 120 some billion to the most corrupt country in Europe, and there's no war correspondence. None. 
They tell us what to say. Oh, okay. I believe it. In the meantime, you're losing money. You're losing a lot of money. And people are starting to get aware of it. People are starting to get sick and tired of it. People you rarely expect. People that our government was able to buy off. Like uh, the people who ran Kenya. Traders from Djibouti selling to Kenya or traders from Kenya selling to Djibouti have to look for U.S. dollars. How is U.S. dollars part of the trade between Djibouti and Kenya? Why? And we are saying that today, Afri Exim Bank have given us a mechanism where traders in our continent can trade in their goods and services and the Africa Exim Bank will settle payments in local currency. By the way, in case you went to CPS school and can't figure it out, them clapping about de-dollarization, that's not good. That is why Kenya champions the Pan-African Payment and Settlement System that is done by our own institution, the Afri-Exim Bank, why, members, why is it necessary for us to buy things from Djibouti and pay in dollars? Why? There's no reason. Do you think William Rutu cares if it's uh, some holiday here in America? You see, he sees the scam. He knows what the American government's perpetrating. He's not buying a lick of it, even as they try to bribe him off. The United States will commit $55 billion to Africa over the next three years, a White House official has said. William Rutu isn't having any of it. He can see right through the lie. It's a shame more Americans of all colors can't see through the lie that is the American propaganda. We'll be back after this. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merck, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now... With personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a job for me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy. I have been looking forward to this next interview since the last time I spoke to this gentleman, because what he brings is research and fact to something we all know instinctively, watch happen after they shut down the election count, and then you realize why they had to do it. Well, we're living in that reality. The government right now today has spent $6.3 trillion in counting. By the next time their fiscal year rolls around, we'll be over $9 trillion. There's a lot of schemes at stake. They can't afford to have an election when they have this many schemes. They call it, what do they call it, a swamp? It's far worse than a swamp. It's a La Cosa Nostra, the way I see it. But aside from that, we need to know that our elections have integrity. Otherwise, there's no point in pretending we have them. With the help of our next guest and people like him, we maybe, get, we maybe can get back to that point where we have some integrity in our elections. His name is Gregory Stenstrom. He is the Co-author of Parallel Election, a Blueprint for Deception. Gregory, thank you so much for making time for me. How are you? Oh, it's good to, good to be back, Sean. You're one of the best intros for the shows. I just oh, I love your you. intro. I get pumped. Pumped <laughs> every time I come on. Thank you very much. Well, you know, and, and the reason that I, I have this show and the reason that I'm here is that I don't 
I don't take kindly to the schemes that are both Republican and Democrat in nature. I don't want my country to be robbed anymore. And I didn't support a lot of Trump in the beginning. He won me over with his policies. But what I recognized in real time as it was happening is he was throwing a wrench in the government policies of lipstick on a pig corruption, lipstick on a pig, waste, fraud and abuse. And you look at what happened his last year and you look at the way in which, in my opinion, he was pigeonholed in so many cases. But ultimately, what's happened since Donald Trump was removed from that position you see, this has to be a goal. This has to be an objective. There's no way they cannot be aware of the kind of waste, fraud, and abuse that's happening to the American people on a daily basis. And in my opinion, they have to protect it, which is why they shove career politicians down our throat. And they make us feel like we have a team. But in the meantime, I'm not satisfied with pretending we're having an election when I know full well the other one still has raised questions that have never been answered. So how do we look forward and how do we make changes and can we, or should we just realize it's a rigged game? <laughs> it's a rigged game, son. Uh, yeah. The good news is, is we're, we're still fighting. Uh, 2020 is not over yet, son, by a long shot. I love that. Uh, the Commonwealth Court of No, it's not. Commonwealth Court of Pennsylvania uh, took, them, took them quite a while, but they just reinstated our case where we presented our evidence of massive election fraud, and they'll be hearing our case this summer. So I know just the wheels of justice turn slowly, and you might not think there's a big uh, remediation. People will say, well, the election's already over. But in terms of finding a clear path forward and holding people that were the culprits who committed the fraud and holding them accountable is part of the overall healing that this country has to go through. Yes, we need the fact. The theft has already happened. The, the, the bills, the fascism, the servitude is in place. But I, I, I don't like to be cheated, and I, I, I want to know the actual fact of what happened. And maybe in that time, we can fix things for the grandkids none of us met. They're the great-grandkids. Because without that, we truly are the banana republic, I, I, I suspect. And I have evidence to prove we are today. Because it was interesting what you said. The wheels of justice turn slow, unless they don't want to. And if they don't want to, they can indict, they can persecute and call it prosecute. They can manipulate our justice system to where I don't even think uh, the blindfold even applies anymore. The justice that I see in this country is similar to what I read about in Europe in the 30s. And I need that to stop. So it would be nice if we could have some indication that there is some integrity somewhere in the country. And you're saying this looks good, that there's a possibility we can still discuss this. Um and prove that we were robbed? Absolutely. Well, we've already proved we've been robbed. They just don't want to hear it in the courts yet. But they're gonna, we're going to pretty much uh, force them in there. And we, did, and we didn't just stop in 2020, Sean. We kept going. We have cases. We have a case that we filed in 2022, in November of 2022. Please say Arizona. Please say Arizona. No, it was Pennsylvania. But I'm working with Kurt in Arizona. So he filed. A, he's, he's got stuff out there. He's fighting his disbarment right now. Last week, they were working to disbar him. But uh, Kurt's got things well in hand out there uh, here in Delaware County and Pennsylvania in general. In October 31st of 2022, we filed. We we know how they do the cheating now. So because we know how they do it, um, we, we, you know, we put the litigative stakes in the ground and we say, hey, well, you didn't do LNA testing right. 
haven't validated your software. You sent mail-in ballots again to unverified voters, 25,000 unverified voters just in our county. You, you didn't test the ballots. You didn't test the machines. You know, you didn't run an election that was certifiable. So we submitted that. And what they did in the response was they just won't hear the case. So it's been sitting there since October 31st after a flurry of motions. They were trying to kill the case, and we didn't let them. But we're going to go to court on that. Now, if we have to get an injunction from the federal court, Third Circuit, or Commonwealth Court, we will. But we had other things, and we had other fish to fry. But we've, we've got place markers in from November 2022. In the May, 20, uh, the May primaries we just had here in Pennsylvania, we're going to the Commonwealth Court on July 11th, coming up. And we demanded to see the envelopes, the expended ones, the ones that were opened. So previously, they had fought us tooth and nail, and they wouldn't release envelopes to anybody in the country. We said, okay, have the election. We'll wait until afterwards. And now they don't have an excuse. So then they came back, and they said, well, the signatures are private. No, try again. They're declarations in accordance with the law. And Act 77 says a declaration with a signature on it isn't private. So we're going to court July 11th. Now, tomorrow, Leah Hoops and I, Court of Philadelphia, we're being sued for defamation with President Trump, Leah Hoops and myself, and uh, the court order that we have to fight tomorrow is going to be to muzzle us and silence us and not allow us to speak anymore. It will be to confiscate our firearms and any other devices that they find uh, unpalatable to them, to restrict our movements, severely restrict our movements, and to require us to submit all of our filings into, I, I don't know, <laughs> some sort of judicial review before they'll let us file anything. Outrageous. So, it's outrageous. It's a blatant violation. Yeah, we, we're, we're, they shouldn't be having a hearing. Um, we're ready for it. We're going in and we're saying, hey, look at this. Uh, you know, this is nothing but intimidation and harassment of federal whistleblowers. And uh, we're not going to have it. So we'll fight it out and we'll see what the judge does tomorrow. But we're still in the fight here, Sean. No, I, I love that about you. And want to take a breath and we're, we're going to find our way home. I love that. And that's why I love having you on. You make, first of all, you know, you're, you're, you're fighting relentlessly to prove the greatest wrong in this country's history, as far as I can see. And I mean that. It's very serious. And I'm aware of the magnitude of that statement. But it's true. And when you think of the trajectory of the nation that's been changed, and, 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 and that's why I try to bring perspective into the, just the money alone, let alone the peace and tranquility, the disruption and the continued chaos of Democrat mafia failure. But when you said we have the evidence, now, you know I look into this stuff, and we've talked before, and I've mentioned to you Kill Chain, ironically, uh, it's a documentary that was started by the Democrat allegation of Russia collusion into the into the Hillary uh, Clinton, but it had started in 2004 with uh, Hardy Hurst, and it was an interesting point that he had: the accessibility, the hackability of these machines. And then when you think about the uh, Dinesh D'Souza, what he proved with ballot harvesting, ballot stuffing, ballot destruction. So where does your evidence? Is it a combination of those? Is it one more than the other? Is it the perfect crime? Oh, it's, it's, it's they're, they're trying to make it the perfect crime, but it's not. We have hard evidence. We have, uh, as you already knew, uh, we have video and audio. A uh, whistleblower was inside in Delaware County in the counting center and in the voting machine warehouse where we have public officials, including attorneys, 
admitting that they fabricated the entire election. We have them on video destroying evidence and fabricating return sheets. Um, we, we have that's that's hard evidence. That's video and audio documents. Um, you know, we have the return board reports that said they couldn't reconcile the vote by ten, you know, tens of thousands of votes. And then one of the biggest things they have is, and they've done it throughout the country, and I think they finally realize they've made a mistake, and and they're scrambling to to correct for it, is that they destroyed election materials that they're required to keep by law that says they certified the election. Uh, What we did in this May election is we said, hey, this time we're not going to let you destroy the envelopes. And we've been doing a live video feed, and we've been recording all the cameras that are kept in the counting centers. And we're watching everything, and we have software that tells us when anything moves. So we said, hey, you're not going to move anything. We were watching you. They tried to to cover up all the signatures, 27,500 signatures. They started covering with tape, and I said, hey, we see you. Stop what you're doing. You're spoiling the evidence. And basically, the, the, the county solicitor said, no. So I said, well, have you informed your clients that they're committing a third-degree felony and that you have a duty to do it? And if you don't do it, I'm going to have you to spot. Two minutes later, they stopped. So now we're watching these envelopes, and we're waiting for July 11th. Now, the day of the election in May, there were three of us, and we only saw 10,000, less than 10,000 mail-in ballots process. Mm-hmm. At eight o'clock, they said there were 27,500. And we said, no, there weren't. We have on video of them moving a rack in into the counting center after the election to add them up to 27,000. We said, great. Now we want to look at them. Well, they're all here. What do you want to look? We, you can count them if you want. Nah, now we want to look at them now. Well, you, you, you know, we'll give you a sample. Nah, we don't want a sample. We're going, to, we're going to look at them all. We're going to take a photograph of each and every one. So they said, well, we're not going to let you compare them to any of your signatures. Said, That's okay. We don't need to compare them to any other signatures. All we need to do is, you know, we have you know, software that's used by Home Depot and all the major department stores to find out if they're fraudulent signatures. So if there's one person who signed 200 ballots or 1,000 ballots, we're going to know. And then we're going to do a deeper investigation. Well, they're in total panic mode, Sean. Love it. And these are the things that have to be done. And we're and this isn't the only thing we're doing, Sean. We've got a group of people around the country. We know how they cheat, and we're going to put a stop to it. And we're you know we're working. We're going to work again in November. Our goal is to have an honest election, or as honest as we can, in May 2024. And by November 2024, hopefully, have the first honest election we've had in. In a long time. You know, Greg, um, growing up in Chicago is an interesting thing. There are some of the best people in the world and there are some of the worst people. And sometimes they're the same people. One thing is for certain to rely on people who benefit from political corruption to give us the results is something I didn't think we'd see in this country. Uh, and similar to everything we saw in the Middle East and South America and every banana republic. And yet for some reason, we don't have much of an outcry. And the outcry that is there is often stifled. So what can we do to help you? Because you're not going to get help from the people who should be helping you, which is the media. The media has been so co-opted, I honestly think it can never regain any credibility whatsoever. And it'll take a change in the way in which people get their media, as most of us haven't gotten it from the mainstream in decades. But 
how can we help you, not just with money, which I'm sure you need, but how can we help you with information? Do you have access on your website for some of the Chicagoans that know the scam and are good people and want it to stop where they can help you with tips? Do you have, do you need that? What, how can we help you, the listeners here? We'd be, we'd be a little overwhelmed right now. We got our, we got our hands full. Although, you know, they go to www.patriot.online, sign up for an account. They can reach me and they can also, they can email me. My email's pretty easy to find. It's Gregory Stenstrom at gmail.com. It's no secret to the public. If someone has something of great import, I'd love to read it and hand it to the right people. But what we need is it only takes a handful of advocates in their own home towns. So if they read the book, The Parallel Election, which Leah and I wrote, the fraud is explained very carefully in there. We include appendices on how to file have a re- requests or have reports, how to file right to knows and FOIA requests and what they should ask for to you know to look for the election uh, materials that they need to see. But in our county, in Delaware County, what we did is we said, okay, enough. What we need to do is we need people to step up and run for office. We want some good people to run for office that actually live here, that aren't avowed communists. And they did. They stood up. And we said, okay. So now we have you know, several candidates here that are running. That they're, you know, they're just, uh, I'm going to say neighborhood folks. They're people that just said, okay, I'll do my part. And then we have people that are learning, the, 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 I'm going to say, the trade craft of enforcing and making our county run an honest election. Now, if they do that in their own hometown, in their own backyard, they don't have to worry about Delaware County. They don't have to worry about, you know, Maricopa County. We've, we've got people on top of those things, you know. Mm-hmm. But if they just take care of their own homes, I think if they just start there uh, in terms of something they can actually do proactively, it's just a single group. If they, you know, they send me an email, I'll pop up, I'll say, hey, you know, do the following four or five things. Get two or three of your friends together, five of your friends who are committed. We'll tell you what to do and how to get started. And the work will present itself for them. And they can, any, even a single person, one person can change the trajectory of the elections. And one person can save our republic in the right place. One, one person. Now, I don't know what the climate is. I make fun of the fact that... Um we are to believe that you have a senator, the, the kind of senator you have in Fetterman. Were you monitoring that election? Does that look legitimate? And I'm, I, I think there are millions of people that hope it wasn't because to think that there are people that are so affiliated to the mafia they'd put in anything. Uh, is there skullduggery there the way it looks? Or Oh, grotesque, grotesque fraud, which we can prove. So the morning of the election, uh, so Fetterman, for the listeners here, that you're talking about U.S. Senator Fetterman, one of our oh. 100 U.S. senators, the guy with the hoodie who can't, who speaks in riddles. Yeah, tongues. Um, I, I prefer to call it tongues, but go ahead. Speaks in tongues. <laughs> so uh, somehow, they, you know, they installed him illegitimately. And what they want us to believe, and we know is false, that he got 9 out of 10, 86%. So I, I rounded up to 9. 9 out of 10 mail-in ballots were cast. <laughs> <laughs> nine out of ten. Now, the, 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 the registration in the state is only slightly ahead. You know, the Democrats have a slight lead. I think it's like three point six million to three point four million. So it's just significant. OK, but they would have us believe that 100 percent of Democrats voted in mail-in ballots for Fetterman and that 80 percent of Republicans voted for Fetterman. 
And that's what they would have us believe. But I know from being in the counting center in Delaware County that they ran through tens of thousands of illegitimate ballots. I, I tried to stop them. And, you know, I just didn't, you know, we're working on how to do that. But when I went in there, I says, listen, wait, wait at all. You, you, you've got, you know, I think it was uh, 20, 20, it was 25,000 mail-in ballots just sitting there ready to count. I said, look, has anybody looked at them? We were, you were required to allow us to canvas them. You were allowed, you were required to let us see them and to see that there's valid signatures on there. We don't know what you're going to do with that. You're going to run these envelopes through. We don't know if they're signed by Mickey Mouse, Donald Duck, Donald yeah. Trump, you know, oh. Joe Biden. You're going to run them through, pull the ballots out, scan them and count them, and then destroy the envelopes like you've done the other three elections. So we can't, you know, get the forensic evidence. So the issue they have is the signatures. We know in that election that they tried to cleanse the database right after the election. And we caught them. We caught them. They tried to they removed 2,700 people who had voted the day after. And then we stopped them, just like we stopped them from covering up the mail-in ballots for signatures. We stopped them from deleting any, anything else from the database. We said, hey, stop. We caught you. So now we know they, they curated the database and falsified the database, and they removed 27 people, 2,700 people who voted. We know they put through tens of thousands of illegitimate mail-in ballots, and we have right to knows now in multiple counties in Pennsylvania where we, we can go back 22 months. So what we do is we're, we're encouraging all the counties in Pennsylvania, saying, hey, go back, file a right to know. We want to see the envelopes. The complete the envelopes that were cast. I can't. Well, what good is that, Greg? Well, you're going to be able to look at the signatures, and we'll start there. And if there's two thousand, ten thousand, twenty thousand signatures that are questionable, then we get to dig deeper, and now we file with the Department of Justice. And the Department of Justice has a very specific uh, mechanism for dealing with fraud, which we're going to be disclosing to people and how to use that mechanism. To, to, to demand investigations, to make them investigate. Right now, Bill Barr, Stone Cold Wire, traitor to our country. Bill Barr is a traitor to our country. He quashed all investigations. Yeah. Well, that's where he learned it in the CIA from 71 to 77. But, Greg, uh, I have to tell you how much I love what you're doing. I mean it. I love it. I love you for it. And everybody listening does. And I don't ever want you to get tired. And I want everybody to support you. And the website is patriot.online. Is it .com? What is it? Uh, no, it's patriot.online. That's it. www.patriotonline. Right when you log in, you'll see a donate button. You might scroll down depending on your screen size. Scroll down, hit the donate button. You can donate to our legal fund. You can donate to patriot.online. It costs a lot of money. To, you know, we have all our documents up there, videos. We have uh, not, our, our viewership has increased. We were at 40,000. We're at over 50,000 now. And it's gone pretty quickly. Um, so we have quite a few viewers uh, and quite a few people learning. And the big thing, too, is I really appreciate that people bought the book and they went to ParallelElection.com, ParallelElection.com. If you're not comfortable buying from a website, go to Amazon, put in Parallel Election. It's there. You'll get it overnight or the, in two days. Read the book. It's a quick read. It takes about six or seven hours to read. Big print. Yep. And uh, really Great. simple to read. Gregory, I have to tell you, money is just dirty paper. What you have is priceless, and that's character. And uh, you're the richest man I know. He is Gregory Stenstrom. Thank you. 
and thank your co-author. And uh, we're going to have you back on, and I want you to keep me posted. And if they do a gag order, you move down to Naples, Florida. I got a little room you could stay in. Don't worry, I'll protect you. All right? All right. I, I believe you. Thanks, Sean. <laughs> thank you very much. We'll be back with your Take calls care. and comments. You too. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. AM560. The answer. I will never forget while doing the Bruce Dumont Show coast to coast on election night. Prior to the shutdown, couldn't win. Next thing you know, this dimwit's destroying my nation. And by the way, this whole thing with Taiwan, it's a win for the communists who've been bribing the Bidens since Joe Biden was a senator. Speaking of senators, here's another thing to feel good about. Nobody voted for this buffoon. Make it so when I hit the button, it plays, please. Thank you. In case you didn't know, this is what stupid looks like. And now I'm standing next to the president again, next to a collapsed bridge here. On, and he man. is here to commit to work with the governor and the, the delegation to make sure that we get this fixed quick, fast as well, too. This is a president that is committed to infrastructure. English, motherfucker, do you speak it? Yeah, Samuel L. Jackson doesn't like Fetterman. The, the jewel uh, kind of a uh, uh, law of the inflation uh, bill. Bro, what are you talking about, man? That is going to make sure that there's going to be bridges all across like this, all across America getting rebuilt. And oh, then, God. And I'm going to be the one that's called. Are you being mean? Mean? You want me to believe that this is somebody capable of representing tens of millions of people. He isn't. The system isn't supposed to be, so he is just this pliable apparatchik of corruption, which is what we have sitting in the White House that isn't much better. America got a wake-up call with the pandemic. We didn't think much about supply chains. People wonder what the hell you talk about five years ago, talking about supply chains. They know now. Which moron? Which moron didn't know what a supply chain is? You see, don't grade me to the idiots that are dumb enough to think you're president. You're not president. Nobody voted for you. And the ones that are benefiting are the corrupt whores. Fox News alert. The Biden administration planning to extend a ban on new leases for oil and gas drilling on fracking on federal land to one year. Sources tell Ed Lawrence at Fox Business the announcement could come. As soon as tomorrow, this is a big deal, guys. President Biden signed an executive order on his first day banning new leases for 60 days. That's the destruction he was bribed to do. And the next thing you know, this electric car bull dung that doesn't work. They suck. They burn your house down. Even Lincoln tells your Ford, well, don't pull that car inside. Did you just pay 80,000 for that pretend golf cart that you think is a car? Whatever you do, don't park that son of a gun in your house. Well, guess what? You know what? You know what percentage they pay in taxes? Eight percent. E I G H T. Well, he spelled it right that time. He's talking about the wealthy on average. What he doesn't mention is himself. After all, you've been bribed to what we now trace to thirty million dollars. I'm not even including the Chinese with your phony uh, Penn State scam. What was your percentage? Because I like when you wrote that phony book with your ghostwriter and you and your dimwit wife circumvented $13 million in taxes. What about that, dummy? What do you pay, Joe? Yeah, there's one of my fans. Do you in the audience? What do you pay, Joe? I pay a hell of a lot more than that, man. No, you don't, man. You're a con artist. You never did a thing in your miserable life. Nothing. You didn't make anything. You didn't produce anything. How many houses does he have? Four? Five? Doesn't matter. 
because now he paid off his Chinese communist overlords. But an aspect of that that really is important is military to military. Mm-hmm. We don't have an agreement on that yet. It's something we're going to keep working. I- what is your experience? And Tony Blinken looks to me like you've been kissing Joe Biden's ass for 30 years. What exactly do you bring to the table? On Taiwan, I reiterated the longstanding U.S. one China policy. Uh, that policy has not changed. It's guided by the Taiwan Relations Act, the three joint communiques, the six assurances. We do not support Taiwan independence. We remain opposed to any unilateral changes to the status quo by either side. We continue to expect the peaceful resolution of cross-strait differences. Wait, wait a minute. That's exactly the opposite of what the dummy said on 60 Minutes. What should Chinese President Xi know about your commitment to Taiwan? We agree with what we signed on to a long time ago. And that there's a one China policy and Taiwan makes their own judgments about their independence. We are not moving. We're not encouraging them being independent. We're not. That's their decision. But would U.S. forces defend the island? Yes. If, in fact, there was an unprecedented attack. After our interview. yeah. Review of White House official told us U.S. policy has not changed. And the nice thing about this is the Democrats, they don't even know what the hell they're voting for. Are you sending troops? Are you not sending troops? Are they an ally? Are they part of the Communist Party? You people really don't give a rip, do you? Because judging by who you vote for. Earlier today, some, uh, com- some comments about uh, the uh, tragic uh, accident in uh, 995, and if you want to make any comments with respect to that, feel feel free. You're recognized. Uh, no, I I, I uh, would, would, would just um, really like to you know, the 95, 95, 95. I say we let Fetterman tell us all about this Taiwan treaty. I'd really like to hear it from him. Oh, you're mean. I'm not mean. The people who believe that this is the representation this country should have, who cannot see the actual payoff to the Chinese Communist Party, who has been bribing the Bidens for decades, want me to believe he won. He didn't win, Jack. We have put together, I think, the most extensive and inclusive voter fraud organization in the history of American politics. That explains it convincing us that we should be providing for loan guarantees. And I went over, I guess, the 12th, 13th time to Kiev, and, uh, and I was going, supposed to announce that now, see, there's another see, billion dollar loan guarantee. McBeth, when Squirrel is here, whenever I say Ukraine, I mean, whenever I say it. He likes to party like a Ukrainian lobbyist. You don't have to do that, but just let him you know. Ukraine soon. Exactly. Greg Rogers Park. Hi, Greg. Greg? All right, Greg got tired. It's all right, he's in Rogers Park. There's a likelihood... Hi, John. Hi, John. Oh, I got nervous. John. I thought maybe you got carjacked. You all right? No, not yet, but, you know, we did have a uh, robbery at the uh, Morris Street L station this weekend. And you know what our idiot alderman said? What? Is that that person is... That it, that 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 person deserved it because... Bourgeoisie? ...for wanting too many riches. What? Is he part of the bourgeoisie? 
Well, that's what the Alderman kind of said, yeah. Oh, yeah, this is a great argument. They've been doing it since the uh, late 1800s. Yeah, Maria Hayden. Yeah. yeah, she said that they deserve it because they were uh, flaunting too many riches. Oh, uh, there you go. The bourgeoisie. See, yeah. the proletariats have to stick up for it, and no one will look at the Alderman. How much uh, TIF money is the Alderman in control of? Phil in Tinley Park. Hey, Sean, first-time caller. Thank you, Phil, for making it. I appreciate it. Yeah. You know, they created a culture war to avoid a class war. And here's case in point. Now, I, I'm going to talk about Willowbrook because I feel obliged. I, at some point, we're going to do a nice big chunk on state rep Robert Bob Rita. He needs to go, and, and we're, we're working on it here. But that's a, your classic short-in-the-pants fake gangster Democrat. That, Those are my favorite know, kind. For, those are my favorite. Yeah. You know what I like Star to watch him do? Fifteen million. I used to like. I, what's that? Who's worth fifteen million? Oh, there's just that little missing fifteen million that oh. was supposed to go for the old mental health center uh, yeah. rehab, and it disappeared too. There was. A, I don't know. There maybe, was a, maybe a nice painting. Maybe he painted his his office in Blue Island. We're not sure. You know, but, Phil. There maybe. was a there was a scumbag from my old neighborhood who used to come to my cigar store. All right. Democrat apparatchik robbed everybody in the neighborhood. Everybody knew it. Actually went to jail. Went to jail for stealing from the seniors for the Proviso Township. And this is during the election. And he was talking about how the Democrats, the Democrats are good for the old people. They take care of the old people. Here's a guy that stole, went to jail. You're telling me the Democrats are great for the old people? This is what I used to love when I would have my old social club. We get the Democrat guys come in and they'd all roll money that they were stealing from the, from the village, from the county. From the, they all act like they did something. You're all a bunch of half-assed gangsters. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, you know, he's got the classic situation here. It's got a, a district that's 15, 40% black, 40% white. The rest probably Latino. You know, he can he can he can divide and conquer and play. But we got we got a I got somebody and we got somebody a nice conservative black woman and we got nothing gets nothing gets between us. We've discussed it all. Phil, I hate um, talking like this. I understand it's something we have to do, but it so nauseates me. I because know, it, I know, it I know. takes away all of the individual. I'm going to tell this story, you yeah. know, but no, yeah, I, know what you mean. I appreciate it, but I hate to take away the individuality of all of the people of all races that succeeded. She's the never... only person in a district of 100,000 people who's willing to stand up to the guy. She's running. Oh, it's... <laughs> I love it, Phil. She runs, she runs. She's running as she's running as a. She's ran against him three times as a write-in. I'm going to put you on hold. I want to get her name, and we're going to support her all we can, right? But this is unfortunately the way you devolve a society. You see, because up until very recently, people of all colors didn't really need the government favoritism, and when they got it, you know what it was called? Corruption, corporatism, special interests, pay to play. Now we've normalized it. It's called the American Democrats or the Marxist Mafia. 312-642-5600. Marxists, socialists, and communists are not welcome on the Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. Would you go to court without a lawyer when the other guy is lawyered up? Or are you going to go it alone and learn law and procedure as you go? When you have an insurance claim for your home or business, it's the same thing. This is Dan Lights from Crosscom. We inspect your property, file your claim, negotiate the damages, and maximize your settlement with your insurance company. Insurance companies will send out their inspectors that work for them, get paid by them, and represent them. 
not you. If we complete the repairs approved by your insurance company, our service is free. Crosscom Public Adjusters has turned denied claims into approved claims. We've also increased insurance claims anywhere from 23 to 1,000 percent, and we could do the same for you. We are licensed by the Department of Insurance and work in Illinois, Northwest Indiana, and Southern Wisconsin. Crosscom Public Adjusters, 630-871-5500. Online at CrosscomInc.com. That's CrosscomInc.com. Crosscom, building trust for over 20 years. The manipulation and bastardization of the velocity of money. I think that's how the economy should be described. See, because you can't unwind the amount of Keynesianism. When the government is on track to spend $9.5 trillion in a fiscal year, how do you articulate the ramifications of the market, or how do you even look forward and forecast it? I don't know. I talked to my friend Tom Fortino of Alpha Wealth Group because he's been helping people retire, protect their assets, and understand that the government is corrupt, failing, and needs to tax people so he can protect you for taxation in your retirement years. Tom Fortino of Alpha Wealth Group has been helping people do that for 25 years. Give Tom a call at 630-934-1855 for your complimentary customized retirement plan. He can even review your plan that's in place now. He can also help you understand how Social Security in the future will affect your retirement. Tom Fortino at Alpha Wealth Group has been helping people do this for 25 years. Go to alphawealthgroup.com. Check it out. You can listen to the Alpha Wealth Group Hour right here on AM560, The Answer, Saturday mornings at 9 a.m. If you're old-fashioned and you want to call somebody, 630-934-1855. Ask Tom Fortino for a customized retirement plan. Tom Fortino, founder of Alpha Wealth Group. When I get back, I'm going to take Kevin in Austin, Texas, Craig in Mount Greenwood, and whoever else is on the line, 312-642-5600. AM 560. The answer. What a great movie. Now, you and I had an argument about which Rocky this is. This is in Rocky 4. No, you say 3. 4! Damn it. I have to go to the evil Google machine. Kevin in Austin, Texas. Sean, I love that call from Phil. I appreciate it. I thought that was awesome. Somebody who's working hard to try to change what he can where he lives. And I hope more Illinoisans do that. And I love the fact that you asked the lady, asked to get the lady's name and see what you can do to support her. Well, we, we got to look into her, right? Because the funny thing about, yeah. uh, you know, we have to understand that sometimes you have to, uh, you know, look into somebody who says they're on your team. We got to vet her a little bit. But the other thing is I hope Phil, and I want him, and I want that area to do the best, but I hope Phil understands that when you have a legacy of voting for a mafia for 100 years, it's awful hard to change the minds of people, especially when they're victims of an education system which is corrupted and tries not to teach them how to think or read. Right? It's not going to change overnight, but it's, it's, it's great to hear the enthusiasm. I agree, says the guy in Austin, Texas. Thank you very much. Craig in Mount Greenwood, you get the irony of being lectured to by a guy in Austin, Texas? You got 10 seconds. A bunch of nutty stuff. Hey, here's a comparison for you. When they, uh, they do all that shooting, 60 people dead and all, I mean, yeah. shot and everything, stuff going on. They don't find anybody. They can't round anybody up. Nobody in jail. Nobody, nothing. Every day. Some uh, patriots go over to the uh, Capitol and they already round up every last one. Of them I agree with you. And Elvin is still my favorite brother you have. We'll be back after this. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, 
He's Sean Thompson. And this is the Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a job for me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy. Whether you are oblivious to reality or not, the government is managing to backdoor nationalize life in America. It's that simple. See, when the private economy is strong, the government isn't needed. The government is small. As the private economy shrinks, the government corrupt, the government-centric economy overtakes the world. This is what we're living through. Now, I believe it is a defined platform of corruption that this mafia is implementing strategically. It's not an accident we're in this place. But the problem I have with it is the awareness to it. For instance, bank deposits fell $79 billion just last week. This economy is completely government controlled, completely government orchestrated. Now, do the American people want a private economy? That's the only question I have. So I'm going to ask somebody who's in the know. You know him as a friend of the show, but I know him as somebody who is fighting for a private economy versus a government controlled one. His name is EJ Antoni of the Heritage Foundation. EJ, how are you? Sean, I'm, I'm hanging in, man. How are you doing? I'm uh, more aggravated in the fact that it seems like the American people are not willing to wake up. It doesn't matter. You know, we talk about the holiday, if it's for one race or the other. But what you don't understand is you shut down the economy another day. Another day of the private economy shutting down. And all of the, the velocity of money that sits on the sidelines. All of the foreclosures that are happening. The fact that more and more Americans can't write a check for $1,000 or more and more are on welfare rolls. But this is a staggering fact. Bank deposits fell $79 billion in one week. When is the last time that happened? Well, it last happened back when we were having uh, the bank collapses in March and the deposit flight was in high gear. But what's really scary now is that we're seeing basically these deposits are leaving banks in order to buy U.S. treasuries. So just like you were talking about, Sean, it's that shift from a private economy to a public economy. We're going to starve banks and private businesses for capital so that we can give it to Congress and, and the White House to essentially not spend but waste. And what you also see is the fact that businesses are dying on the vine. Private businesses are dying on the vine. Layoffs are through the roof. And when you compare it to the Trump years, when you compare it to the amount of growth in the private economy versus the government economy, you see why Trump had to be removed. He stood in the way of a government backdoor nationalization of the economy. And a people who derive their sustenance from government, they make the best kind of slaves, don't they? Exactly. And, you know, I, I think sometimes we forget because Trump made so many mistakes economically, I mean, and otherwise, but economically his last year with COVID, yeah. especially allowing all those trillions of dollars in takeover, again, that transfer from the private economy to the public economy. But before that last year of his presidency, Trump did a tremendous amount of good, exactly what you were just talking about, Sean, standing in the way of that takeover of the economy by government. Now, I'm curious to know, it happened fast. Really, um, this dimwit in diapers, this buffoon who has to be led around like a child, uh, he really has been in power for, what, 27 months, 26 months, and he's created this destruction. I believe it can be undone. 
But it's going to be more difficult now that the American people have allowed the duopoly of corruption known as the Republicans and Democrats to spend us into oblivion. We are on pace to spend nine and a half trillion dollars in a year, in a fiscal year, an unprecedented amount of money. Can you unwind it through policy? And once the government spends that kind of money, when has it ever stopped? Has the government ever stopped spending money and had a reduction of 30 and 40%? Because that's the increase it's had since they were able to remove Trump from the White House. You know, Sean, the last time we had the kind of fiscal and monetary uh, sanity that we need right now was about 100 years ago. It started in uh, uh, at the very end of 1919, and it went through 1920. The government drastically uh, uh, basically backtracked how much they were spending, borrowing, and printing money. And what happened? A depression. Now, it was a short depression. It only lasted a couple of years, but it was still one of the worst economic downturns the nation has ever had. But what happened after that? It literally gave us the roaring 20s. Yes. So, in, in essence... It can be fixed. It's going to be painful. I start a lot of my segments by calling this American Dark Ages. But the reality is, it'll get worse once we tell the people, look, you have to, the government cannot spend $9.5 trillion. We have to act like adults. The children have left the room. Is that the message that you think Americans want to hear? Because I have to tell you, when I investigated last week, that we are now, after the Republicans signed the debt ceiling, we're spending a double the amount on just food stamps, $127 billion. And you know what, EJ? It falls on deaf ears because the people are mind-numb. They're, they're stupefied by the amount of money the government spends. But the reality is we are now spending more on food stamps than we spent on defense in the 70s, right? Oh, my gosh. We're, Sean, we're, we're spending... Uh, so much right now just on interest on the debt that in a, in a typical month, it's exceeding the amount we're spending on defense, not from years ago, but defense today. I mean, we're talking about a, a single category, interest on the debt, eclipsing Medicare probably by the time this year is out. Uh, so, and, and you know what, Sean, you make a great point that a lot of this is falling on deaf ears. And when you throw around these these numbers as big as, you know, trillions and trillions of dollars, people's eyes just kind of glaze over. That's absolutely true. But the other thing I think why people aren't listening is because they're the beneficiaries of this garbage. Half of the nation doesn't have any skin in the game. They don't yeah. pay income tax. Instead, they're the ones getting the benefits that you and I are paying for and many of your listeners. You know, what's funny. I, I, I had to go through this recently. You go through the different ways in which you pay taxes and, you know, your kids want something or you want something and you got to stroke a check. Those are the only people that really feel it. The vast majority of Americans, they really don't give a rip. They don't have an understanding because they're born into a, an elitist entitlement ideology uh, where you're not entitled to freedom and your own property. You're entitled to somebody else's. So when you hear this dimwit talk about taxing the rich, you don't even care that him and his family are the real rich. They've circumvented taxes his entire miserable existence, and they've carved out a way for people who bribe the government to cut out taxes. The people aren't interested in having that go away. They're just interested in taxing strangers. And they're, they're really, that's the true definition of greed. The real greedy people are these welfare roaches that vote Democrat, aren't they? A hundred percent, Sean. And one of the great ironies is that so often, you know, when you have those welfare roaches, as you say, saying, hey, let's go tax the rich. 
let's go take money from corporations. They don't realize all of those taxes just get passed on to everyday Americans. The rich basically don't pay taxes. Corporations literally don't pay taxes. Yes, there's some accountant at the corporation that writes a check. I get it. But who actually ends up paying the cost of those taxes? The workers get lower pay, the shareholders get less return, and the customers pay more for the goods and services that they buy. And, and the wealthy who have an army of tax accountants and attorneys at their back do basically exactly the same thing, and they pass those costs on to you and me. It is the small business owner, you know, the guy who's, I don't know, got a, a little cigar shop in Elmhurst, Illinois. He's <laughs> the one who really pays through the nose yeah. when it comes to these taxes because he doesn't have that army of mm. lawyers and accountants at his back. Yes, in fact, he's thinking about closing that. But in the meantime, there's something that I, I find fascinating. You see, I am raised in a very blue-collar family, mechanics and bricklayers, and I watch as workers that may be union members are robbed on a weekly basis, that they're extorted on a weekly basis. Yet that upper echelon of fat-ass Buick Roadmaster drivers, those, those business agents and those union hierarchies, those are the ones that support this kind of corruption. And those are the ones that uh, embrace this idiot in diapers pretending he's capable, let alone not corrupt. And you realize unions don't pay any taxes, do they? Unions are real corporations that don't produce anything, don't manufacture anything. Unions, we've got this entire echelon of billion-dollar industries called unions. And all they do is bribe politicians to give them phony contracts. But they don't pay any taxes on their chests on their investments they don't pay any taxes on their expense accounts and the upper echelon of these unions they all make way over that four hundred thousand dollar mark um but yet they still get to represent the people do you think the actual workers in these unions will wake up long enough to see that they're being played and they're the useful idiots of the corruption as they embrace this political who are pretending to be president well, as soon as you get out of states like Illinois and you get into right-to-work states, you find exactly that. When you don't have the thumb of government on the scale tilting things in favor of those union bosses, you see workers leaving unions in droves. Yeah. And then when you think about it, it makes sense. If you're a really good worker, if you're, if you're a hardworking blue-collar guy, right, and you can go out there and you can earn more than the going rate, right? If you're going to work harder than the average person, you're better off not being in a union nine times out of 10. And that's exactly what those people find. And that's why the most productive people like to leave a state like Illinois and go to those right to work states. You know, it's funny, um, this unmitigated absolute failure whose sister and family are tied to banking scandals where they're robbing the ghetto. I'm talking about specifically J.B. Pritzker. He comes on uh, a news outlet, an investigative reporter who's really a moron, who's been promoting this corruption for decades. And he comes on um, the, the show and he talks about how it's really a time for growth and a time for change. Yet these cities that are run by these failures are on fire. And whether it's San Francisco, whether it's Los Angeles, whether it's New York or New Jersey or Philly, you're seeing a mass, mass exodus of some real players in the private economy. I'm wondering, what do you think will happen as the plan of the Marxists to put in welfare people in Section 8 housing as they transform cities from the magnificent mile to the tragic quarter mile and the rest of it? What do you think the future looks like in these Democrat areas 
Do you think the beat will go on with the Keynesian corruption? Oh, Sean, you know, things like that are, are those speeches and sound bites are so frustrating. He's he, the only thing, the only things he's growing, he's growing the, the deficit, the debt. Uh, Pritzker's growing his own waistline. He's growing crime. He, you know, he's growing the welfare list. He's not growing anything uh, of value. He's not actually creating value. He's destroying value because he's driving away the people who create value. The people, going back to how we started this, the private economy versus the public economy. The private economy is what drives every state and every nation. And the more you force those people to leave through your high taxes, high regulations, and, and whatever other penalties you want to throw on the back of the hardworking American family, you know, those people will leave. They take their jobs with them, their paychecks with them, and everything else, their businesses. And what you're left with is just an empty shell that costs a whole lot of money to run. And that's the modern welfare state. I'm curious to know, um, I was reading a poll on my way to work today while I was driving and smoking a cigar, which I like to multitask when driving. Um, I was reading a poll that 71% of all Americans think Joe Biden is a failure economically and should not run again. However, I think the Democrats writ large understand that, and they're priming up two failed governors, any twosome Newsom and our very own Jelly Belly Pritzker. And these will be the assets that they run. Do you think that the citizens that are not in the mafia are going to recognize the failure that is California and Illinois? Formerly great states with booming economies. Do you think that they'll be able to put lipstick on the pig that is the Democrat policies that have destroyed these two states? I'm curious to know your opinion. Well, you know, for the people who don't believe that Biden is not an economic failure, right? I mean, the, how that poll is not 100 percent is beyond me. But I think that speaks volumes as, as to the misperceptions that so many people who lack critical thinking skills in this country, all the misperceptions they have about what's going on right yeah. now. And that that is where I think with those people, you can put lipstick on the pig and say, wow, these these two prime examples of failure in our nation, uh, they somehow are, are now going to carry the uh, uh, the Democrat Party standard, okay, you know those people may fall for it, but for the vast majority of Americans, including many of whom have fled either Illinois or Chicago themselves within the last decade, I, I don't know how you dress that up. You know, EJ, sometimes we get in the financial stuff, and you and I, you know, we're different. We're fundamentalists. We're people who believe in the principles of propertyism, referred to as capitalism. We recognize what made the country the youngest and the strongest. We get it. But we're a very small percentage. Yet, all Americans, in one form or another, were subjected to not only a financial crime, but a crime against Americanism in the what I think is a bioweapon called the COVID. And the reaction of the government, which has bipartisan support and had a president that was changing the trajectory of the of the nation fiscally for the good of property rights believers. However, he went against his own rules and broke them with his reaction to COVID. And now he's running for office again. I think he could potentially get support. I hope he does. However, I think the election system is rigged. But in your opinion, will there be a scandal big enough, undeniable, that can wake up these idiots that have supported a corrupt government that lies to them. And we have the evidence. We have the money transfers to the Biden family. And it all seems to be like, nah, 
for the Chicago Democrats, they'll vote for a freaking moron just as long as they get something. But in your opinion, do you think as we investigate not just the financial crimes of the covid pandemic, but the reality of the actual fascism in it, do you think maybe the Americans will wake up in the next year and a half? You know, I, I think it's certainly possible, Sean, in, in part because of the way uh, former President Trump has just been so blatantly uh, persecuted for nothing other than political purposes. And when they see that stark double standard between him and the Biden crime family, they look and they say, my goodness, this is not America anymore. And I think the Americans overwhelmingly reject that. Interestingly, the number even of Democrats who think Trump is being persecuted for only political purposes has been rising the last couple of weeks. And I think that's waking them up. And and to a certain extent, I think it's waking up Trump, too, as to just how bad the deep state is and how much it needs to be rooted out. And if he ends up winning the election, who knows if he does. But if he does, here's hoping he remembers that lesson and really demolishes every single part of the deep state and doesn't let anything stand, which was, by the way, a huge uh, a huge mistake of his first term. Yeah, huge. But, you know, something interesting is afoot, and that's RFK Jr. Very, very interesting. I don't know what his financial fiscal policies are. I don't know if he shares his uncle's um, respect for money and income. I don't know what his financial aspects are, but I do know he's running against the fascism in covid He has a tremendous amount of support that even the mainstream propagandists for the Marxist mafia are having a hard time ignoring. And I'm curious to know what your thoughts are. I think you could potentially be the biggest threat to the establishment, even more so than Donald Trump. And I think there's a silver lining in RFK Jr. What do you think? I I think that's very perceptive. You know, anytime you have a Republican who gets up there, Uh, and says the right things, he can always be written off as a Republican. But you take away that Trump card, so to speak, when the person saying these things is a Democrat. And so I think it's absolutely wonderful that he is putting some of these very, very true ideas out there and forcing not Biden himself, because Biden can't put a sentence together, but he's forcing Biden's surrogates to try to defend their broken record, to try to defend all of their malfeasance. And I think that's going to do a whole lot of good for the country. What else is doing good? And I mean, this is, is you. I, I, I love the articles. Uh, you got a new one coming out in Heritage. I know you release on other venues. I primarily watch you on Twitter. I think it's invaluable uh, what you do for, for, for the people and educating everybody. I know your Twitter is real EJ and Tony. But what do you have coming up? Oh, Sean, we got a couple of things in the work, uh, not the least of which is looking at all of the the whole conversation around uh, climate change and fossil fuels and and that that whole scene, uh, how it ignores so many crucial factors and the whole idea that we can somehow get off fossil fuels and still flourish, uh, uh, yeah. you know, humanity. I mean, it's just absolute nonsense. Did you see that? We'll, we'll the, go through some of the numbers on that. Did you see the lawsuit? Um, the federal judges went on the side of the Indian tribe, as the Indian tribe were not taking care and being stewards of the land, and now they're blaming a pipeline, and they're going to make the oil company from Canada move the pipeline and pay $5 million to the Indian tribe, and nobody's talking about the disruption of natural gas that that'll cause. I mean, it's fascinating, the assault on really the greatest part of our, our, our economy 
the energy sector and how it's it's getting very little attention. There's no thought to give in. Well, what happens if the most productive natural gas line from Canada to America has to shut down and move because the Indians refuse to put sandbags by the river and they're making all kinds of false claims? Do you know what I'm talking about? Just one yesterday or the day be, or I'm sorry, one on Thursday in federal court. No, Trump, this is this is literally the first time I'm oh, hearing wait, about it. Oh, wait, wait, just hang on, because I, I want you to hold, hang on to this. A northern Wisconsin tribe wants a judge, judge to shut down the Line 5 pipeline. The Bad River Band asked a U.S. District judge to issue an emergency ruling that would force Enbridge to shut down the pipeline. After large chunks of riverbank were washed away, the tribe says the Bad River now flows less than 15 feet from where Line 5 is buried. They say an exposed section of pipeline could cause an oil spill. Enbridge, however, says there's almost no chance of that happening. The company also said the tribe has not cooperated with its request to line the river bank with sandbags to protect against erosion. The federal court sided with the Indians, and they're going to have to shut it down and move. I mean, I don't think people are aware of this. You could talk about a disruption. It's arguably one of the most successful pipelines the country has, and nobody's been talking about it. I had to get this in, in a Wisconsin news outlet that serves a very small community. You you can't find this virtually anywhere. Please, I'd love your take on it. Will you come back? Next time you come back, we'll talk about the ramifications of the sabotage to the oil and natural gas industry here in this country by the government. Sean, be my pleasure. I love it. I love it. And don't forget, we have that Indian, Holland, I believe her name is, who's a moron every time she talks in a very important position. I'm sure there was no collusion on this. But I like the way you think, E.J. Antoni. Oh, I, I thought her name was like Warren, right? Uh, Liz Warren? No, like her that. family was the one that killed the Indians, and now she claimed that she went to school for free by saying she was an Indian. She has Chuck bones, or she has uh, cheekbones like Chuck Connors. She looked a lot like him. Oh, I see. I can't keep it straight. Yeah, There's very too many good. lies. EJ and Tony, thanks for everything you do. Thank you, Sean. We'll be back with your calls and comments. This is the Sean Thompson Show, where Democrats are always wrong, Republicans are seldom right, and politicians are never, ever to be trusted. On AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. I love this song. You're really tapping into the squirrel files, aren't you? Because I know you, you can't wait to go... To the garage, smoke a cigarette, and go to the bathroom. I know you, like a union worker for the city. Speaking of such, let's go to a cream puff connoisseur. What's up there, Chubby? Hey, how are you? The Granville Party's missing the boat. I think there's two books that uh, Hunter took out. I think one's Crime uh, and Punishment by Dostoevsky, and one's Huckleberry Finn. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's the one he should be reading. Let me ask you a question, because, you know, I I love talking to you city guys. I really do. I true. I mean it. Because you're a duality of incompetence I can't wrap my head around. So now you're probably a one. I know you were a wonderful husband. How many kids you got? I never had any children. Oh, that explains it. What would you do if you had a little girl? Granted, I hope to God she looked like your wife. Little girl, cute as a button, hardworking student, and she brings home a scallywag like Hunter Biden. What do you think? Well, Hunter, you know, I'd have to check out the old Hunter. Everybody had to check out Hunter. Check out the Hunter. But I mean, I, he's on 50,000 pictures with hookers and crack pipes. You want that? I, know. I drag him behind my car like a tin can after a wedding. What are you, out of your mind? Get the hell out of here. Got to have some standards. Don't even entertain it. I don't care. You're a senator's son, the son of the president. You're a crackhead. In the meantime, you're a great liaison for corruption. You really, really are. 
I got to hit the button. I like when it plays. All right, thank you, babe. I might add, if I didn't, I'd be sleeping alone. <laughs> you have to explain. I better explain that. Some don't know what I'm talking about. My wife's a Philly girl. I still don't know what it means. You know what it means? All right, where are we going? We're heading this way for We're right, going we're to hell go in a handbasket because we've allowed an idiot to pretend to be president. Yep. And it went on and on. He couldn't walk around. It was completely bizarre and amazing and disgraceful. And it's making us a laughing stock. An absolute laughing stock of the world, and people are starting to realize, and there will be ramifications. Foreign ministers of BRICS group of nations um, gathered in South Africa, and they are saying that they want to shift the balance from. The- More countries are de dollarizing. 312 642 I'll be back to finish that up, and we'll take you all of your calls. 312 642 <laughs> AM 560, the answer. So, embarrassing, humiliated. That's kind of what you could expect when a Democrat's in office. But when you have one with dementia, I guess you could get real depressed about it. I prefer to look at it through the lens of a Mel Brooks comedy show. Because we don't have Benny Hill on TV anymore. Very, very little real comedy on TV. Except for what appears to be the president. As a matter of fact, a couple of businesses are suing banks because they want to consider whether or not they're environmentally. Anyway, I won't get into all that. I'll get. What? And who is this person that he's in trouble with? Or this mafia? Or the Fourth Reich? Is it Klaus Schwab? Sokovi 19 Kaisers. I think it's that Nazi. I think it's the Nazi. There's no question about it. And we are just now where we move into the exponential phase. Shut up. You bald Nazi. In the meantime, we're starting to become a laughingstock. We really are. Let's check in on the leader of the free world, the man who holds the most powerful position on earth, U.S. President Joe Biden. Yesterday, the president travelled to North Carolina to visit the recently renamed Fort Liberty to sign an executive order. And sadly, things did not go well. Here's just 10 seconds of the president staring into space, looking utterly bewildered, I just imagine the the Aussie watching this, just shaking his head, waiting for the shrimp to come off the barbie. Disorientated. (laughs) And this is, if it does not work, this is a great opportunity to show you how our students have to troubleshoot things. Oh, dear (laughs) me. Did not get much better when he said a few words, or at least tried to. Nash County, uh, uh, Edge, 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 excuse me, Edgecombe uh, County. <laughs> they put him on a stage with Fetterman. I mean, are you kidding me? In the meantime, KJP, she wants us to know this is the best it's going to get. I think if you look at what the president has done the last two years, it is more than any other president has done uh, ever. Wrong. As far as destroying our reputation our credibility, or our currency, then I think you might be on to something, you moron. In the meantime, there's some real trouble going on around the world, and the rest of the world is de-dollarizing, and whether you understand it, whether you want to cheerlead, whatever the case is, it's really happening. And people are starting to wake up all across the world. The West and their agenda is rebalancing it and taking back power, which we can all agree that the power has been skewed for a long time now. And it's about time 
that other nations come together and change that because if you allow a nation or two to run the world they are going to have their way and they're going to be ruthless about it which we've seen happen that's that ruthless i want to talk about because you know my feeling on foreign policy i think they all matter i don't want to pretend that there aren't hundreds of thousands of people that are killed and nobody really understands the reason but we're pretty sure we're the ones that are involved in it And you understand what's happening in Africa. You see, when the Biden administration pretended to care about the people who are still, in some cases, slaves, are clearly the results of dictators and are being cannon fodder, and he's going to help pay people off. The United States will commit $55 billion to Africa over the next three years. There was no specificity in that money. After all, some of these African countries are already the result of corporatism as our oil companies bribe their dictators to keep their people in line and kill them. However, one thing's for sure, our foreign policy is drastically flawed. And I couldn't help but notice what happened in Uganda. You see, kids were killed in Uganda, but only after this happened. Ugandan students from over 10 universities went out to the streets to protest Joe Biden. How many people are talking about this? Did you see this anywhere, Macbeth? Thousands of kids took to the streets in Uganda to protest Joe Biden and his administration. By the way, we're giving billions of dollars to the government. I don't know, it's a catchy tone. Any of the union protest in Chicago. Yeah. And by the way, well dressed, very well dressed Ugandan students. There's a reason I'm playing this. saying we don't want your money we love our country more than money and see they're they're protesting the bastardization of freedom their ba- their bastardization of their sovereignty and then something happened 48 hours later at least 41 people including 38 students have died in an attack on a school in western uganda According to local authorities, the attackers abducted other students and have suspected links to the Islamic State group. Local police say at least one school building was burnt and a food store was raided. Authorities So 48 hours before they protest Joe Biden in America. 48 hours later, Islamic terrorists kill them, kidnap them, beat them. Sounds like an intervention. We're just dying to get in. Then what happens after the intervention? We are dollars back, and we're in control again. I don't buy a word of it. Joe Biden gets in trouble with the same mafia that's destroying our credibility, our dollar, and our principles. 312-642-5600. He believes in freedom, capitalism, and individual liberty. And because of that, he's become an enemy of the state. He's Sean Thompson, and this is The Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. 
Happy Paul Lisnick Day. All right. Well, it's, I didn't even play it. There's so many clips I didn't play. But I uh, I think it's time we turn it over to the people. We don't have many minutes left. This is the fastest show on radio. Debbie Portage, Indiana. Yes. Uh, there's this uh, do- documentary that was just released. It's about one hour and 50 minutes. It's called uh, The Great Awakening. Is it about the pandemic? Uh, how we got to this state. Yes, it was released uh, uh, June the 3rd. It's the greatest YouTube. plausible deniability for election theft in the history of America. Because you could say everybody was at home, so of course they mailed in their ballot. And you could fraud the count. You could, you could uh, uh, fraud and have Confederate voter ballots. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. And it worked, Debbie, because now we're strapped with this dimwit in diapers that everybody knew was an asset of the Chinese Communist Party. And today is just another big payoff to the Chinese Communist overlords. On Taiwan, I reiterated the longstanding U.S. one-China policy. Uh, That policy has not changed. Did it change? Debate that's just about ideas. Uh, Would you like to see uh, the chairman stay on? And has he given you any indication of it? I believe that both China and Taiwan understand this. I believe that they want to stay on a path to prosperity and dialogue. And uh, we have dispatched uh, people today, as the morning press reports, to do what we can to press that case to all sides. Uh, this is something that, uh, that we don't want to see escalate. Peaceful independence. That's what Bill Clinton wanted. But then again, Bill Clinton liked immigration law. All Americans... Not only in the states most heavily affected, but in every place in this country. Are- he liked a big thigh on a woman. Bill Clinton liked a big thigh with a possible rash on the inside that hasn't gone away since the 60s. Tony in Riverside, no rash on her thigh. Hey, Sean. Happy uh, late Father's Day. Oh, uh, happy Paulistic following- Day. Yes, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Following up on that woman's call prior to me, um, today I just saw a video um, from David E. Martin when yeah. he spoke at the third international COVID summit. In I Europe believe he's a doctor, month. right? Doctor. Yeah. 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 What does he um, know? He's a doctor. He's been called a conspiracy theorist though. Have you seen of that? Of course. Yeah. yeah. But he gives, he gives an outline, a date by date going all the way back to 1965 with facts that everybody needs to see. Tony, there's a reason it was, in Wuhan, China. Now, everybody have a good Paul Lisnick day. What? What, yeah. the, what is this? You, you get Look, your own day. Uh, hey, what did you do? What did you do? <laughs> I think it's being with you. I also put in... Paul Lisnick day. We'll be back next year. <laughs> and I'll be back in 21 hours. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.